The Boogie Monster with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone. The Boogie Monster Podcasting the Unknown And we're rolling. What's up, dude? Woo! I feel like I got the energy of a morning radio DJ. <laughs> Dangerous Dave, let me tell you. Uh man, what a I'm having a good day. And those have been few and far between. Yeah, yeah what's uh fe- what's so good about your day? I almost feel like I'm gonna a, shit on it man. up out of the gate. All right, let's uh nothing. <laughs> well, uh it's nice weather out here, and it has uh-huh. been for a few days, which meant the trails got a little less muddy, so I got out. I wouldn't say I got rad. I got rad adjacent. I'll mm-hmm. say that. I got in the vicinity of radness today, but uh, taking it easy because I got a little shoulder issue happening, so we're doing a little physical therapy for that. But it's just... What's wrong with your shoulder? I, man, I don't know. I'm just old, and I never took yeah. care of myself. You know those injuries where mm-hmm. you're like, oh, this just... I mean, that's like a hack bit about you get hurt sleeping wrong, but it's true. Yeah. Like, it's, I don't know how to sleep. You're supposed to sleep on your back, you know? Mm. Are you Are you supposed to well, sleep completely on your I back? I wouldn't say supposed to, but that's the best way to avoid getting things huh. kinked and all screwed up. I can't do it, uh, man. I, my, there's something about my thought pattern when I'm on my back. Like, when I'm on my stomach, I'm comfortable. <laughs> I'm not, like, true, like, if I'm on my back, I'm thinking about different things. Really? I never thought of it that way. I never thought of the position I'm laying in is going to affect what and how I think about. Yeah, I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but it's like I have like an emotional gyroscope. And if I'm on my my back, it's like, um, it's like I'm worrying about everything and concerned. And if I'm on my stomach or my side, I'm just more comfortable and relaxed. Mm -hmm. Man, on my back is uh, Snore City. That's uh, that's an invitation to snore right there. Does does Katie record you ever? She probably should. I know that that it definitely is a small issue. Like she get, I would say, two or three times a week she wakes up and will come <clears throat> into the living room and watch TV in the middle of the night because I my snoring woke her up. But I always try to sleep on my side for that reason. <clears throat> Rachel got earplugs and an eye mask, and it's like sleeping with a corpse. <laughs> like she just, she's just dead to the world, and her alarm's going off, and then I feel bad because I got to wake her up, and she wakes up in a panic. Mm-hmm. But uh, she got some earplugs that weren't good, so the snoring, it was real bad for us for a while. Like We had to have a second bedroom at the old apartment. And, mm-hmm. and, yeah, I remember that. And, and yeah, and the earplugs she had were uncomfortable. But yeah, maybe Katie wants she wants to try that out. It's not an ideal solution, but yeah, we'll figure something out. By the way, thanks for everybody's concern. Uh, last week we were talking about uh, sleep aids and how I was taking uh, a lot of that uh, Nyquil Z. Yeah, got got a lot of a lot of concern comments talking about uh, don't take too much of it and mess you up and mess up your blood pressure and stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm off that actually this week. 
I'm off that uh, a little bit. Oh, really? So. Four years of yeah. being shit-faced drunk and high off our ass and people want to weigh in about NyQuil Z? <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for the concern. <laughs> I'm pouring whiskey. I'm pouring a bourbon right now, boss. Stay away from that over-the-counter stuff. That'll get you in trouble. <clears throat> oh, man. Well, it's good that you're uh, you're having a good day, man. So you, you got rad adjacent. What else is uh, well, going on in Kyle's world? N- not to usurp the beginning of the show here, but <clears throat> it's a rough mm-hmm. week, man. Oh, dude, I know what you're talking about, but it, it happy ending, man. This is great news. So to catch folks up, <clears throat> yeah, so last last week, last Thursday, I think it's like, oh, yeah, Lil Dirty went missing, man. Oh. Creep show just sauntered off in the middle of the night. <clears throat> and it was a weird day because, like, Rachel and I were having a little spat that day, so it was, like, bad vibes. And then... Cat was gone. And I was like, all right, yeah, she'll disappear once in a while. She's a, she's a stray cat. <clears throat> but then mm-hmm. she didn't come back. I was I was up Thursday night. I was uh I was in the I was on the couch Thursday night. One it was one of the, oh, one of those uh-huh. one of those kind of nights. We're fine. everything's fine now. Mm-hmm. You know, you get everybody okay. gets on a little not like in a big protest, but I think I just fell asleep out there. I'm like, I'll stay here. Mm-hmm. But uh Went up, you know, look in the garage, see if she's in her little bed and she wasn't there. I'm like, yeah, she gets her night crazy. She, you know, creep show gonna creep, man. Do you guys have a uh, a little doggy door, cat door for her to go in and out? Yeah, we kind of keep the door propped open in the garage. <clears throat> so she's got mm-hmm. access to the outside whenever she okay. wants. So how long was she gone? Well, so Friday, I was out. What did I do Friday? Oh, I had some, I was trying to go, like, get my BMX bike put together. <clears throat> and, uh, Rachel, like, we were kind of, like, just, we just were, like, you know, like, the aftermath of a little fight. You're not just talking yet if you haven't made up yet. Mm-hmm. But she texts me. She's like, have you seen <laughs> Helen? I haven't seen her anywhere. I'm like, no, nah, she's been gone since last night. <clears throat> but I'm still like, whatever, it's a day, you know. But then <clears throat> no sign of her Friday. And then Friday night, no sign of her. And so 24 hours, which should still not be that much of a concern. Uh-huh. But we love this goddamn cat, Dave. Oh, dude, I get it. It's like, it's been the mascot. Like, we moved here, and the cat was like, oh, so you live in this house. All right, well, I'm whatever name you want to call me, and this is my house. <laughs> and so it was kind of like uh-huh. this weird kind of landlord vibe that we have with this creature. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then Saturday came around. We're like, all right. And it was getting, man, it was getting dark because we made some, Rachel made some, like, lost cat flyers. And we went just walking. Like, she really never crossed the streets much. She kind of just stayed within the backyards of this block. So we were going to those houses. And then one woman, excuse me, <clears throat> came out of her house and she's like, oh, do you have, is that like a found cat? We're like, no, it's a lost cat flyer. She's like, oh, because my cat's missing. I don't know if I've mentioned Jingles, the cross-eyed idiot cat that lives around here. <laughs> no. I say it with, I say it with, with nothing but affection. <clears throat> but Who's Jingles? Jingles. All right, so we got, all right, the cast of characters around here. <laughs> next door, there's a, I don't know what kind of cat it is. If it's a Persian cat next door, is named Henry. 
And Henry just sticks uh-huh. to the yard. Henry has her dog buddy over there, and, and they just party. Then we got, you know, we got a little dirty <laughs> Helen creep show dirt nap over here. <clears throat> then there's Big Sexy. I don't. I think Big Sexy just takes his nuts out for a <laughs> stroll whenever he feels like. I don't think. Uh-huh. I think he lives in the woods. And then we Big Sexy still got his nuts. Big Sexy got s- swingers. Nice. Big Sexy will eat your truck nuts for <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> I love to see a cat or dog that's still got big old I feel, sack. I feel bad when they got like <laughs> long, loose balls. Because that's like the owner being like, see, I didn't do that. And the dog, I like, the dog's like big, loose balls with legs that you can't, like you can't spread out, you know? Yeah, it's a liability. I, I wonder if they have, if the same kind of pain happens in an animal. Oh, that's a good that question. That would happen, like that happens in a human. <clears throat> I slept on my nuts the other day, combining these two conversations together. You slept on them? Yeah. yeah, I slept. I woke don't, up. Don't I just, sleep on your boys, were, Dave. You slept on your boys? <laughs> I slept, I slept on my boys. Spent four years literally. of telling people not to sleep on your boys, and you slept on your boys. Oh, it was, yeah, it was uh, pretty pretty uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, you slept on your Dave and Busters. Yeah. That's what I call my, my, D, Charlie, my D&Bs, my Dave and Busters. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Big Sexy still got his nuts. So, so we got we got well, hold, I got did, we got dirt nap. Did, we got Henry. Hold on, did you wake up in okay. pain? Yeah, yeah, I, I sure did. Like you just rolled onto him or something? Yeah, I guess I rolled over in a weird position and then it stayed there for a while and then eventually woke up and uh, like I got kicked in the nuts. Oof. And I thought something <clears throat> something was wrong. Like beyond that, and then because they uh, there was pain for about ten minutes. And then eventually it, it fizzled off, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I must have just yeah." But isn't that there? Isn't that your thing, though? No, no, no. That's <laughs> different. That's different. But uh, I tell you what, they do more harm than good these days. I tell you what, just, <laughs> oh, get these out of the way. Just, just in the way all the time. Uh, I'm yeah. Anyway, okay. So, and then we got jingles. Jingles a few houses down. The jingles would show up. <clears throat> And cross-eyed cats just look stupid in the best way. Yeah. But it's, you yeah. know, it's like Siamese or whatever. Or like, I don't know which kind has a cross But then we saw it the other day, and uh, we found out later, because, okay, so we go, we're handing out these flyers. This woman's like, oh, my cat's missing, too. And then shout out to uh, the mailman who apparently listens to the podcast and <laughs> knows who I am. But he's like, he's like, I saw your cat posters. He's like, he's like, I saw it, but it was a few days ago. I'm like, oh, yeah, she was still kind of hanging out around here. I'm like, this cat's missing down here. He's like, oh, I saw that one. But he's like, I do see coyotes down maybe about half mile away, yeah. but it's an industrial area. And so, like, that, like, my heart sank because, man, I would hear the coyotes, especially when I was living in Silver mm-hmm. Lake and mm-hmm. that kind of shit. So, so this woman's saying, like, yeah, my cat's missing. She's like, he's got a real weird collar on which is that what we thought because it was in our front yard chasing squirrels and it had like a court jester collar on like this big <laughs> what do you mean this big wide colorful collar <clears throat> like you know when you see a court jester and it's got like a huge collar that's like the same width around its oh, whole okay. neck yeah like uh <clears throat> like the um roughly type collar yeah 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 like some victorian type mm-hmm. shit and we're like, because mm-hmm. this cat already looks dumb, 
And it, it and it is dumb. Like it just sits in the middle of the road. Like we we were driving. That's how we knew which house it belonged to because we were driving home one day and it was just in the road and we slow down and then the owner comes out and the cat's and we found the cat's name is Ella but we call it Jingles because they had a little bell on its collar. Just like Ella, get out of the road. <laughs> the cat, oh. Cat's just looking at cars coming at it. <laughs> and then it's got this collar on and it just looks like an idiot. Mm. And uh, I mean, Cat doesn't know it looks like an idiot. It's just out there playing with the squirrels. But I guess that collar is. She did. The owner was saying that the cat did. It kept catching birds, and the big, colorful collar is supposed to let the birds know that the cat's coming, so it'll scare them off. She's like, oh, it, she's like, it doesn't okay. work. He still just brings. She still just brings all these birds around. Mm-hmm. But so that was Saturday, and I was feeling bad because I heard about the coyote. And, you know, we're just that like that cat It's like a room of the house is missing. Because like that was like part of every day, like every day that cat was yeah. that cat's around, whether mm-hmm. inside or not. It's like you wake up and the cat's out there like that's a, a fixture of this home. Mm-hmm. And so Saturday I got like trying to do some errands and I was out riding around looking in ditches and then I went down by that industrial park, just seeing if I like was not expecting to see a live cat. I was just like, let me see some evidence of a coyote or of either of the two missing cats now. And uh yeah, we were we got real sad around here. And yeah, yeah Rachel went out with her brother that day. She's like, It helps if you go out and get your mind off it. <clears throat> so I went out with uh I was going to go out with Sean Jordan that night and just go, like, sit at a patio and have drinks mm-hmm. in Portland. And I had, oh, I had a moment, Dave. Oof. I had, like, I had a coffee mug, a whiskey, and I had one moment in the kitchen mm-hmm. where I just, ooh, leaned on the counter and, like, let's get, let's get the big cry out of the way now before we go out for the night. Ah. Yeah, man. I, you know, it's like, it, it but the, you need that. It's cathartic. You got to, I mean, I've made the jokes about it in the oh, past, yeah. but I still believe that, like, mm-hmm. oh, it's a good physical release. Get, yeah. get it out of your, clear it out. You're sad. This is a thing that builds up. It's like the, it's like the crusty stuff that you have to squeeze out so the mustard can go, you know? It's the mustard, <laughs> it's a mustard plug. Shout out to Michigan's <laughs> finest ska band. <laughs> or uh so I'm like, all right, we just got got out there and I went out with Sean and got pretty housed. <laughs> Came home, <clears throat> still nothing. At one point Saturday, I just looked at the sliding glass door and I was like, just show up. Like I'm just I was, we're getting real desperate, Dave. And uh Yeah. Every time we got like getting up in the middle of the night and we'd look in the garage and kind of open the patio door and look around. And then finally yesterday morning, Sunday Rachel had gotten up early and put a plate of food out just to say, and this was also, she got a tip from somewhere online said, put your dirty laundry out because cats have a really good sense of smell and that might bring them back. So she put dirty laundry out in the back. <clears throat> so huh. I never heard that. That makes sense. <clears throat> I didn't though. know about it either, but if anybody gets a cat missing or something, who knows if that's what did it. But so she put some food out, went back to bed. I got up a little later, looked out. Food was all gone, but you know, whatever. I go, I look in the garage. She's not in her little bed there. 
And I come out, and she's on the patio, just magic trick style, just voila. And I just go, you fucking bitch. And then uh, that was, <laughs> and that was yesterday morning. But man, and she like ate like like three meals in one sitting. So she was out there getting into something. Oh, but man, well, she's back. That's awesome. It was, that is awesome. Now we're like, we got to get. I was pet I was concerned, man. I, I thought I was going to have to come up there and help. Th- I, w- I could appreciate your tracking skills, Dave. Yeah. I, I, well, a lot of That's people a, did express concern. I, I was like, normally I don't go looking for sympathy on stuff, but I did put that thing up on Instagram. I'm like, I, man, just give me good vibes. I'm not going to call them prayers because that invokes some sort of religious connotation. But I think I think positive vibes in the world uh, can't hurt anything, I'll tell you that. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Might be some hippie witchcraft, but hey, she's back. So thank you, everybody. Dave, thank you. That is awesome. You texted me that and expressed awesome. concern, yeah. so I appreciate that. Yeah, man. Fucking cats and dogs, pets, you know, like especially for those of us who don't have kids. This is the closest. My three little goobers are the closest I'm ever going to have to having kids. And, uh, you know, I, I know you can't compare them to human beings, but they're special. No, they're better. They, you know, better they, than human they, they mean a lot. <laughs> That's so weird, though. The exact same day, unbeknownst to me, that Dirt Nap went missing, I, um, I did some handyman work around the house, and I, because we have we have a bunch of windows in this apartment, yeah. and it's great because we've got so much nice natural light coming in. So when, but it's an old school, this building's literally 100 years old, so, um. Anyway, not that that matters, but we, we like to keep the windows open, and then we got the window screens. Yeah. Um, but, like, it seems like every screen, they've got these brackets that they're supposed to slide into and hold them into place, but because <clears throat> everything's so old, most of the windows are missing at least one or two of the brackets. So And then the cats love to sit up on the window seal and <clears throat> do a little neighborhood watch. And uh, it just struck me the other day because I saw Harvey jump up on the windowsill and he's so clumsy that he like bumped into the screen yeah. and it almost just popped completely out. And I was like, man, it wouldn't take much force at all for him to just headbutt this thing or to paw his way uh, out. And, and, you know, once that screen, if the window's up and then the screen drops, then boom, it's, you know, it's a it's a jailbreak. Yeah. So I spent uh, I spent a couple hours uh, reinforcing the. Uh, Basically, I just drove screws into the window frames from the outside, uh, thus like trapping the the screen in. Like, there's yeah. literally no way those screens can pop out forward now. So um, that's just so weird that I just got the initiative to do that that day. And as soon as I finished, I saw your Instagram that Dirt Nap was missing. I was like, wow, we're that, 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 I don't know. Little things like that are, are weird to me. It's but um, but I'm glad you did that though, man. That was yeah, smart yeah. Now they, now they can't get out. Yeah, because uh, that's like dirt naps. A uh, you know indoor outdoor cat. Obviously, these my little goobers are just indoor only. Yeah. And just the thought of them and and dirt nap, you know, has experience out there. Obviously, you know, go out do her thing, come back. But uh, these goobers, if they got out, there's no telling what would happen. I, I I'm sure I'd never see them again. They get hit by a car, or eaten by a coyote, or just run off and get lost. But Oh, yeah, that's one of my biggest fears is these guys getting out. Hey, that, so. Well, that was our only hope. Like, all right, you got, like, she's maybe she's just on a bender, you know. <laughs> so, but, yeah, like, I, when I was this broken up about that. I'm like, man, I, all my, like, 
human close relatives are still away. And this is how I handle a stray cat I've known for seven months that just went missing. <laughs> Man, I'm going to be in real rough shape. Yeah. So, anyway. Man, cats are awesome. Yeah. They, uh, I've said it before, but they, I don't know if this is scientifically proven, but from my experience, they, they lower your blood pressure, man. They they calm you down. Like, just them being around just smooths me out. Not this jag off. Oof. <laughs> little troublemaker. Well, that, and then now we're like, all right, how do we figure out how she can stay inside? Like, we <laughs> kept her inside last night. Like, no, you're staying here. And it's like, we're trying because, you know, Rachel's allergic. So we got, like, all right, well, she can stay in a kitchen, a living room, close the bedrooms off. And then I hear her meow and Rachel's got her earplugs in. So I get up. I'm like, all right, we'll sleep on the couch. She's sleeping on my chest, just digging her nails into my (laughs) chest. I'm like, man, this fucking creature. It's manipulative. Have y'all taken her to the vet? We took her that first time just to get a check out, make sure that she's all right. And you're like, yeah, she's about, I figure she's about nine or 10 years old. That's what I was about to ask. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, so well. middle-aged for a cat, you know. But, dude, that was, it was a week. Oof. Anything else going on? No. Anything contributing to your good mood? I just, some sun, a a bike ride, trying to like, trying to maintain my physical well-being. Just, you know, I'm not like, Mm -hmm. I don't lift weights or anything. I'm not trying to get bigger. I'm just trying to like, oh yeah, having stronger muscles prevents injury. And here I am trying to do a shit. I might buy a new, I might straight up buy, I've been restoring this old BMX bike. And then I'm at... So uh, shout out to Goods BMX over in Portland and Shad. He's he's a dude reached out to me. He's helping me like put it back together with old parts. And he's like, I don't know if you're gonna want to ride this when it's together. He's like, this is worth this now. This part's worth this now. This is worth this much now. He's like, that's why I got. He's got all these old bikes. There. He's like, that's why I just build these. I don't ride them. I just build them because they're cool and they're worth money to people that are oh. interested in it. So. I might just get it put. I might just buy a new one just so I can go carve pools on days where it's too muddy at the trails. Because there's so many skate mm-hmm. parks up here, and if I go at eight a.m. and I miss on like I miss any kind of teenagers that want to call me an old kook or a poser or something, I'm forty four. I'm, I'm still afraid of teenagers, Dave. <laughs> Have you ever been heckled? While you're shredding? Oh, I'm like, yeah, man. <laughs> Comedy for 20 years. That's what I joke. I was on the trail today. And like, I was thinking about jokes. I'm like, man, it's weird. Like, I hate fascists, but I love getting hecklers kicked out of shows. Because essentially, <laughs> when you're on stage, you're a dictator. Because you'd be like, you, I don't like you. Yeah. You're out. I will silence yeah. anyone that is in opposition to me. It's like, oh, that wait, <laughs> that is totally fascist. Comedy, a stand-up comedy setting is... Complete fascism. It's a, just a benign dictatorship mm-hmm. that can go sour very quickly. <laughs> but uh, oh, no, man. nobody's heckled me. I mean, I'm going to be at a skate park with other people doing the stuff. And the dude Shad, he's in his 40s. I mean, they were all like good riders back in the day. I never was. Mm-hmm. Um, what's this? What's so? Uh, oh shit! Big Rachel just texted me that big sexy just rolled in. 
rolled into the yard. Whoa. There's there's, a, Dude, there's speaking, action there's action around here. Either either the government <laughs> is being taken over by hillbillies, and uh, nationally we have a concern to worry about fascists. Or I'm just like, man, these squirrels are acting weird. I got no middle ground anymore. <laughs> it's either macro or micro. There's no like regular world of like oh, I was driving rush hour and I had a show and I saw my friends. It's like. Oh, this squirrel seems to be friends with this bird. Or our militias are going to storm Capitol buildings. <laughs> Dude, speaking of uh, old guys performing uh, beyond their capabilities, <clears throat> I've uh, I saw that video. I've been watching a weird, you. weird porn genre. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I saw uh, you shredding on the guitar the other day. <clears throat> You were doing, uh, what were you doing, uh, Van Halen? What, what Van Halen? I was playing some Panama, doing? yeah. Some Panama. Uh, and I've seen you play before. I've seen you bing-bong a little bit on the guitar there. And, uh, you know, you like everything else in your life, you you downplay your ability uh, with your with your humility. Um, but, dude, I was impressed. I did not expect you to uh, to shred like that. Oh, thanks, man. And, and granted, I'm not, I'm not a guitar player. I'm not a musician. Well, so that's I don't, why you're, that's I don't why you're impressed. Tech- <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, seriously, I don't know the technical stuff, but like that looked like a video of a guy who knew how to play guitar. That was pretty rad. That would be like, I'm trying to think of it like that. Me figuring out that much on guitar is like somebody who doesn't know how to cook making like a good grilled cheese. <laughs> <laughs> really? That was just a grilled cheese? Yeah, like they didn't burn it, the bread came out. Pretty good, but it's mm-hmm. not anybody could do that with a couple tries of practice. But thank you, man. I you. well, that was all last week, man. I was we recorded, and I was down in the dumps about. So I was like, I tried to go out. I'm like, all right, it's raining, but I gotta go ride. I was gonna ride my my city bike. Like, let's just get out there. And so I did, and I got a flat tire in the rain, and I was like, well, I'll just go fuck myself. Then. <laughs> and that's the day I came home. I'm like, all right, because I went live on Instagram just to be like, all right, I'm sitting in, under this covered basketball court waiting for Rachel to come pick me up. I guess I'll see what this is all about. And then I got home, and it was kind of fun to do. And so I was like, I'll just play some guitar. And I, 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 admittedly, it was like I just needed to feel like I was doing some sort of like performance or so, like, you know miss doing shows and stuff i mean it's not comedy it's not yeah. good but it's like hey just me being a idiot for some folks mm-hmm. in the middle of the day but enough hey enough about me man what's going on with yourself are you in a better mood i know you're pretty oh yeah angry no yeah sorry about last rightfully week everybody so. <laughs> yeah rightfully so man <laughs> Uh, it never ceases to amaze me that, and I understand people, longtime listeners of the Boogie Monster, they they tune in for certain things, and maybe they don't want to hear other certain things. But like, of all weeks, you know, like cut me some slack, folks. Like, like we're living in history right now. So, especially with everything that happened at the Capitol two weeks ago or whatever. Like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna riff on that. I'm gonna comment hey, on you that. Listen, you listen to the Boogie Monster for better or worse. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but no, I'm I'm shit. I'm in a much better mood now. Just 
Dude, this is our last episode with uh, that fucking disgrace in the White House. And, I, and I'll cap it at that today. I'm not going to go off on any soapbox, but uh, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. It's our last episode having to deal, to deal with him. So, yeah, man. yippee. That's good. You, but, got, uh, you got your cats locked in. <clears throat> you yeah, going against cats. that. If you love something, set it free. No, if you love something, <laughs> hold it close your to mind. you. Imprison it. Uh, <laughs> oh, dude, I watched... I watched a great documentary the other day, um, and it's not new. This one's been out about eight or nine years. But have you ever seen Searching for Sugar Man? Do you know what I'm talking about there? No, I, I, everybody was talking about that, and I did not see that one. Dude, same same here. Like, I remember when it came out, and it got a lot of attention, and um, for whatever reason, just never got around to seeing it. And I love music documentaries. Um, I, I'll go ahead and give a spoiler alert here. I mean, it, it's, it's a nine-year-old movie. But uh, still, just in case anybody wants to see it who hasn't seen it, uh, spoiler alert, so come back in 90 seconds. But uh, dude, such a good documentary. It's about this dude named um, uh, Sixto Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. He's a, uh, he was a Mexican-American dude, uh, Mexican heritage, but I believe born and raised in uh, Michigan around Detroit. And he put out two albums, I think one in 1970, maybe the second one was around 71, and I've since gotten the albums. It's great stuff. It's very, um, it's singer-songwriter stuff, but with a little more uh, rock and roll to it, like like Dylan and John Prine, but also like with some good psychedelic guitar thrown in there. So like really, really good, uh, just kind of straight up classic rock sound. Anyway, long story short, this dude, he's just kind of a hobo uh, in, in the late 60s, early 70s around Detroit. Nobody knew if he had a home. Nobody knew if he had a family. He was just kind of this weird loner dude that would show up at like music open mics. And he, he was really good and finally put out a couple albums. But he signed a shitty record company and it didn't do anything for his career. Uh, literally, albums didn't hardly sell anything. It didn't really you know give him any fan base, didn't tour much. So he kind of puts that dream to rest. And for like the next 25, 30 years, he's just like a day laborer. He's just doing construction. He's doing uh, like demolition, just gutting old houses and stuff. Just like really more of this than I thought. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And unbeknownst to him, and then like just completely anonymous in America, like career went nowhere. Uh, he was kind of known in Detroit, but that was about it. So he's like, all right, this music thing's obviously not going to work out. Let me get back to work. And for years, just just like really low-level day labor stuff. And uh, not not to be, you know, uh, uh, not, not as a pejorative. That's a whole other thing that maybe we could talk about later, just the, the minimum wage thing. Anyway, unbeknownst to him, uh, somehow in South Africa in the mid-'70s, um, no one knows how this happened, but he like some of those some of those records started showing up in South Africa, and one thing leads to another, and he becomes like a cult hero in South Africa, and starts selling tons of records. But because he signed a shitty deal, none of those royalties were coming back to him, yeah. so he didn't know anything about the, the moving any units down there or anything. And some of the people in South Africa say, like, no shit, there was a certain period of time where he sold more records than Elvis Presley. Like, <laughs> this dude was, like, one of the most famous musicians in South Africa, and he had no fucking idea. Meanwhile, he's back in Detroit ripping copper wiring out of old buildings and shit, copper pipes <clears throat> and stuff. And 
but just and they're like this dude was a phenomenon like he was a cold like everybody in south africa had these two records and they played them on the radio and people were buying these records and the whole time he had no fucking clue and then the other twist here spoiler alert is they there was these legends going around that that he had killed himself on stage. There was a couple of different stories. Oh, I heard that he let himself on fire oh, on, during a concert. Oh, I heard that he pulled out a gun and killed himself. And uh, and then it, towards about about two thirds of the way into the documentary, they reveal like, oh shit, he's still alive. And this like new record company or, or these documentaries, I can't remember if it was a record company or doc, but anyway, these these guys found him. They found out that he was alive. Then they told him, hey, guess what? You're hugely popular in South Africa. And then he, uh, a few times a year, he'd go down to South Africa and, and just sell out like basketball arenas. They showed one show. It was like Staples Center. It was like 15,000 people. <laughs> and just to think that like for decades, he was just doing construction and had no clue that he was almost a household name uh, on, a, on another continent. It's <clears throat> So amazing documentary. I, I still... Go back to the the thirty for thirty, the one that's called Broke. <clears throat> Excuse yeah. me, sorry for it. <clears throat> Just about like nobody can understand how somebody getting paid so much can go broke, and it was really mm-hmm. eye opening. Just to, like either not really in sports, not so much shitty deals because they have agents mm-hmm. to kind of look out for them. That's more like in the music world. I think it's people have you know get like the shitty deals like this. But, I mean, we've talked about it before, but I think it's fascinating every time you want to be like, this guy's getting this much money a year and he's filing for bankruptcy. And like, all of them talk about like, man, I got, I'm paying for three kids or every, my yep. second cousin's coming out of the woodwork or this whole community that sacrificed so I could go to this, you know, make it to football mm-hmm. practice after high school. I am indebted to them because they all kind of as a community – saw my talent and made sure that I made the most of it. Like it's, it's not as cut and dry as you realize. And also yeah. secondly, I know it's like, look like, Oh, I just doing demolition work. I've, have you demo works like a, you've done it, right? Yeah. I've done all kind of that nasty, uh, entry level construction stuff. Is it a little bit fun? Up. It seems a little yeah, bit oh, yeah. fun. Kind of like, Oh, I'm like a little kid. I'm just going to smash some stuff. Like they have those yeah. demolition rooms, that you pay to go do that stuff in. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of that stuff can be fun. And he even talked about that, about how, you know, it never bothered him, like the status. It was just like, it was something he kind of enjoyed. It kept him fit. It kept his mind and his hands occupied and, and how he just would approach every day is just, you know, there's no bad. What's that old saying? There's no unimportant jobs, just unimportant people or whatever that saying no, is. But, yeah. No small um, roles, only small actors. <clears throat> yeah. But, uh, but yeah. And, uh, the, by the way, anybody who wants to listen to his music, uh, he just goes by Rodriguez and he's got one <clears throat> called, uh, cold fact. That's his first one. And I forgot the name of the second one, but, uh, I got them both now. Got them this weekend. Just, just excellent stuff. Really cool stuff. But yeah, that just blew me away that, the concept that an artist, whether it be a musician or a writer, or comedian, whoever, can can be so popular in a certain part of the world and have no clue, <clears throat> just have no idea. I mean, yeah, it's kind of hard to do <clears throat> with the internet being what it is, but back mm-hmm. in the day. Yeah. And then if especially musicians or artists that were more like their talent, like 
almost like on the spectrum and their talent was their was their voice to the outside world mm-hmm. that like yeah they're not gonna go pursuing things and be like where's my check which yeah. is where if you have an honest manager that stuff gets handled mm-hmm. but if you don't you're like yeah okay well you're gonna pay me it's so why I watched <laughs> somebody recommended uh <clears throat> the man who sold the world s-o-u-l-e-d about <clears throat> uh <clears throat> is it steve rocco the guy who uh, started world industry skateboards and just talking about the deals like that skateboarders got and how like a skateboarder owned company was it was just interesting because I'm like it's skate culture so I'm already kind of interested in like skate or BMX or any mm-hmm. kind of culture but just and it's also a little bit of a punk rock thing of like oh here's these big skateboard companies and we're just gonna do this ourselves so it's very keeps with a DIY ethos of anything yeah. like oh wait why like. And the same thing, like, wait a minute, why are you saying that there's rules that, like, oh, everybody gets a dollar per skateboard, like, every sponsored rider gets a dollar per skateboard sold, or this or that, like, who made up these rules? And that's how I think about all show business, like, no, your manager gets 10%, and your agent gets this much percent. It's like, who, it's not a law. Yeah. Like, these things are all, they're all movable numbers, but you go there, I mean, I'm, myself included, like, I gotta get a manager, I gotta get. I gotta get this, and they get this much. Like these are all movable ideas. It's, there's no hard mm-hmm. concepts. It's all negotiable. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, you want to talk about some uh, creatures, some goblins, or something? Dude, let's get into it. Speaking of do- uh, documentaries, speaking of which, uh, you mentioned you mentioned it a couple weeks ago. A uh, new documentary called "Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind." Mm-hmm. Contact has begun. Subtitled Contact has begun. Yeah. I finally watched that, dude, and it's it's a it's um it's not an easy watch. There's so much info that I had to watch it twice. Um and it's 2 hours. Yeah, it's a lot. But uh dude, dude, let's and and you you saw the whole thing, correct? I did. I had to break up like I watched over a couple yeah. days. <laughs> yeah. Um Dude, there's some stuff in here that we really. I mean, there's a few episodes worth of stuff in here, but let's let's try to tackle some of the highlights. Um, Stephen Greer. It's about those Stephen Greer. We're talking about yeah, Stephen Greer, same guy that did uh, Unacknowledged uh, a few years ago. I guess that was his first big documentary. Which that one? And, uh, I think we watched that one together. That was that was pretty good. Um, but basically, the uh, that wasn't wasn't the that the Jeremy the Corbell one or no? No, I, no. I, I feel like the Jeremy Corbell one was the uh, Bob Lazar. Yeah, because Corbell's a fucking kook. And Lazar's... Yeah, he seems like a bit of a Yeah, that one. one was... That one was... That's Phenomena or something. That one was... Yeah. Um, but fiction. Dr. Stephen Greer, he seems legit. He seems like... He, I mean, he seems like he knows what he's talking about. He's got a lot of experience. Um, but basically, the premise of this documentary is, is uh, alien disclosure, something we've talked about a lot. Um, but I never really thought of or, or, or discovered this little twist. Um, it's not just about alien disclosure. It's about how the government is or is going to spin disclosure. Yeah. And I never really thought about this, but, uh, first of all, before we get in that, let's, uh, close encounters of the fifth kind. Let's do a recap of the different types of encounters. Uh, close encounter of the first kind, 
basically just a visual sighting of a UFO. Hand holding. So that, yeah, <laughs> that'd be the first, that's first base. Second kind uh, is over the shirt, close, over the shirt, <laughs> over the clothes. <laughs> Second kind is physical traits hey, are present, uh-huh. such as like. Yeah. What's the third <laughs> such kind, Such as like uh, <laughs> mouth, a mouth on circle. parts that aren't on mother mouth parts. <clears throat> oh, I fucking opened a can of worms here. <laughs> Um, second kind is physical traits that are present, such as like a crop circle, uh, crash site debris, stuff crop like that. Crop circles have been totally uh, debunked though, right? We can, uh... Have they? I mean, they're just... I mean, I know there's some that have been attributed to humans, but I, I feel like that's still a thing that could be legit. Do they only... Is it, anyway. is it always like wheat or corn? That's the thing. Like, why that's aren't they question. fucking with other crops? Why yeah. isn't it like, oh, my, my walnut trees. Like, they're only, yeah. they're only fucking with cheap crops. You know that? Like, that's means it's... I, or why I is it even got to be crops? Like, how about on a beach? Like, well, you know, make a cool pattern on a beach. Okay, well, the sand the, or something. okay that was a podcast, that, not to sidetrack, but a podcast I was listening to called Tales from the Rabbit Hole, which is the one I was trying to remember. It's not the end of the rabbit hole, which is an, or whichever other the rabbit hole one, which is the New York Times, talking about how somebody got... Uh, you know, indoctrinated into the right wing thinking because of YouTube algorithm. This fella, Tales mm-hmm. from Rabbit Hole, he's just a debunker, but he was talking about, he's mostly like, he always steers it back to flat earth. That's his thing is about debunking flat earth, which is like mm-hmm. fucking, oh boy, look who's taking home ec for the third year in a row. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, it, it is a very soothing podcast to listen to. I.e., there's no ads. Hmm. So, uh, but he was saying that he was talking with somebody who was one of the people that like, yeah, we'd make the crop circles and people or, or why they'd make them get excited. And then that kind of fell out. The crop circle thing fell out and the, some of them just considered themselves performance artists and they did start going to beaches and doing it in the sand. So. Oh, okay. Go. Okay. Um, let's see. Where were we? Third kind would be um, someone witnesses the, the pilots or occupants of an E.T. craft. So, you know, third kind would be like, oh, I saw the aliens inside the UFO. <laughs> uh, close encounter, the fourth kind would be a human being is brought on board an E.T. craft. So that's pretty serious. And then I don't know if uh, Dr. Greer uh, established this or coined this one, but uh, the fifth kind would uh, be considered human-initiated communication yeah. of a craft or being. And that's kind of his thing called CE5, where uh, him and, and uh, some other like-minded folks will go out, uh, a lot of times in the desert of the Southwest, and um, they do uh, they have lasers and lights, and then also they do, yeah. um, he talked about just like um, telepathically. Towards the end of the doc, it got really into like the 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 consciousness and, and all that. And it, some of that was over my head, but fifth kind would be human initiated communication. So those are the, uh, the five kinds. And early in the doc, uh, Greer kept saying, um, that UFOs are, uh, more specifically, he's, he's more interested in, and I agree with this. He's like, uh, UFOs are cool. You know, Oh look, we see these spaceships or whatever floating around, but I'm more interested in the occupants of those crafts. And I, I yeah. kind of agree with that. Like, that's where the real juicy stuff comes in. Like, oh, we actually saw an actual alien. But he kept saying that um, the aliens and UFOs are not a threat. And at first I was like, well, how, how does he know? But uh, one point he makes later in the film is he thinks that if they were hostile, 
they would have reacted ag- aggressively after we detonated our first atomic bomb. And that kind of makes sense. Uh, uh, my, th- sorry, well, I no, no, I don't think like, there was no reason for them to be hostile. Like, okay. My opinion on aliens, definitely real Fermi paradox type shit. Like there's gotta mm-hmm. be something out there. Mm-hmm. Why, if they are already <clears throat> so developed to have interstellar travel and ESP. The fact, why would they, what, why do we think we're so special that they got to come here and they're like, and be like, oh, you know what? We like, we still, we're still thinking them in terms of, you know, a Spanish explorer looking for cinnamon. Like that's what we have mm-hmm. to the yeah. galaxies. We have something so special here. We fucking don't. There's nothing we have here that I, I don't think, in my opinion. Well, natural resources. You know, to what they might be interested in our, talk about, our natural you're resources. You're talking about again, go, the universe. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, shit. They got bromide. We oh, we don't have bromide. <laughs> We can we can we can transcend the fabric of space and time, but we don't know how to make bleach. Like they all get it. They don't need if anything, maybe they need more sunlight and our planet's in the way. And so it's gonna be like, oh, we're gonna take out a tree to get more sun. Like that's why. And we would just be evaporate. I don't I can't I'm sorry to interrupt your covering of this, but uh, No, that's that's all right. But he, they do touch on the idea, like, why do we think it's got to be this constant? Like, mm-hmm. that's my problem with all the UFO reports. It's like, oh, it could it could communicate telepathically with me, but it still needed to come down a hydraulic ramp from its spaceship to do so. <laughs> like, if you could read my mind, read my mind from inside the spaceship. Mm-hmm. Oh, you could read my mind, but there's like a Wi-Fi radius on it. That if I get too far away from the router, we can't be telepathic. Like they're they can all again. That's the thing. They can already travel. This is my problem with the concept of what aliens are now. They can already travel through space faster than the speed of light. Yet they have windshields. <laughs> they still got to see outside of the craft. Hmm. They can't telepathically see where they're landing. Like that's my problem with the account. And they cover that. He yeah. does talk about like it could just be mm-hmm. this idea of consciousness. That well, that is not a spoiler alert to the whole documentary, but that consciousness is the dimension that they're traveling within. Yeah, yeah, and we've we've mentioned this uh, point before, but uh, they had that constitutional attorney on there, that Daniel Sheehan, <clears throat> yeah. and he made the point that he he's like, I definitely think alien life is is a thing. He he thinks it's legit. And it's discovery. He doesn't like Greer. He doesn't think it's a national security threat. He thinks it's more of a uh, theological and philosophical concern. And we've talked about that. Like, <clears throat> if the full disclosure happens, then what does that mean in terms of how we think uh, existentially and philosophically and even theologically, yeah. you know, in terms <clears throat> of God and the universe? But um, that's an interesting point. But basically, the the whole premise of this doc is. 
is the government going to give us full disclosure um, for the purpose of uniting the world in a one world government against a common enemy? And they show that clip where Reagan actually <laughs> said as much in a speech to the U.N. back in 87. He said, quote, perhaps we need some outside universal threat. Think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat. <clears throat> so that's yeah. something I haven't thought much about until seeing this documentary is maybe the reason that the government is spinning everything like, okay, yeah, we'll finally admit that they're real, but boy, are they a threat and we need to unite against them. Maybe that's the vehicle they use to finally uh, accomplish the one world government, also known as the new world order. Well, and also was that the point where Reagan was still like actively shitting his pants and wondering where his monkey best friend was. (laughs) So, but I I did watch the Reagan documentary that was on mm, HBO. The Reagan Showtime, yeah, whichever yeah. one is a four-part series, <laughs> mm-hmm. and how, man, Hollywood through and through, Ron and Nancy, a beloved Republican really? uh, head of state, still consulting psychics on the regular. Oh, geez. yeah, they just talk about how he's easy to manipulate because he was just was still like loved being a an actor <clears throat> and loved being like the hero. So they're going, oh, if you do this, people will love mm-hmm. you. All right, you got it. Um, yeah. Which, yeah, side note, it was an interesting watch. Uh, but yeah, Reagan, yeah, I, I did see that where he episode. said that part of, uh, like, we, yeah, something to unite everybody. And then they go on to even talk about just basically propaganda. And I never noticed this either, but just how we've been conditioned to just automatically think that any alien life is going to be hostile, uh, even in our movies and entertainment. Think of all the movies that involve aliens and they're the villain. Yeah. But other ones have a little montage in the day the earth stood still. Isn't that, I mean, um, now I'm really talking out of turn talking about a classic movie that everybody knows, Mm -hmm. which is the one where the guy comes down and they're like, well, they still like shot at him or something. Boy, good good recap. All right. (laughs) What's the one where the guy comes down and he's trying to be nice (laughs) and they're, they're mean to him. But then uh, there's so much interesting stuff in this. Uh, when they were talking about uh, Project Mockingbird, uh, basically an alleged large-scale program of the, the CIA that began uh, in the early years of the Cold War in an attempt to manipulate the news media for propaganda purposes uh-huh. and, and basically started, um, I, I think, in the Kennedy administration <laughs> in terms of uh, the CIA was working with the board, board of editors of the New York Times they were working together to control what info and what intel was released to the media. So that's and that's a whole other can of worms in terms of you know how our information is being manipulated, fake yeah. news, all that kind what, of stuff. Yeah, and look at where that like the siding is like when New York Times and Trump calling it fake news and this and that. Like, well, fuck you, Trump, you're full of shit. Mm-hmm. And then you hear something like, oh yeah, the CIA was working with newspapers to control what information gets mm-hmm. out there. Like. Oh, state-run media. Oh, you mean Russia. (laughs) Or any number of... Man, they 
they glossed over this real quick. I don't know if you caught the part where they were when they were talking about uh, Project Mockingbird. Um, they were like, uh, yeah, there were government black projects uh, that did stuff like the assassination program that was fueled by heroin trafficking to keep uh, all the money off the congressional books. And uh, there's so much shit like those dark projects and stuff that I am so ignorant of. But like an assassination program that's funded by heroin trafficking. Like there's no telling what the CIA has been up to over the decades. But uh uh, Greer says something about also says alleges, something about drugs, man. Yeah, make that money. <clears throat> I thought this was interesting when he was talking about um, some of our nuclear weapon silos were visited by aliens, and uh, some of the missiles were disarmed by the aliens. He said he spoke to several people who worked in those uh, silos or, or around those silos, and many times those guys would. S- see close range UFOs and next thing you know, those, those missiles aren't functioning properly. So the belief, and I think we've touched on this before, the belief that uh, you talk about, okay, what do they want from us? What do we have that they, you know, uh, that I don't know, but it might be in their interest that we don't blow each other up with nuclear weapons. Yeah. And he was, so um, so much crazy, crazy shit. I don't know if you caught the part. This there's so many cool things that they would throw out and then not elaborate on. I guess because that would need you need a whole nother documentary, uh, <coughs> or, such or as proof. Um, or proof. <laughs> um, I don't know how to pronounce this. Uh, Fort Fort Hachuca, Hach, Fort Hachuca in Arizona. He said there's an underground facility there that is currently housing nine different fallen UFOs and their deceased alien bodies. That's something we got to look further into. Um, This was awesome. Around the 29-minute mark, there's an amazing video clip of uh, what Greer believes is a UFO dodging a missile that was fired from Earth. Have you seen that clip? What else could that be? Because you see... What looks like a UFO, and this is taken from uh, the space station, I believe, but you see a UFO kind of slowly meandering through the frame, and then kind of off camera, we see the effects of like a, a, a bright bang or flash. Then the UFO bolts in the opposite direction in which it came, and then right as it's skedaddling the other way, you see a projectile. Like barely miss it. I appreciate you describing so uh, the, the the trajectory of a UFO as skedaddling. Yeah, it was skedaddling the other way. <laughs> but that's insane to think that we're up there launching. We're, we're down here launching Mi- missiles at UFOs. Missile off the starboard bow, skedaddle port. <laughs> but that was amazing, Captain Dave. Uh, Captain Dave, and the. <laughs> And the SS slow smoker. <laughs> Skedaddle port, we got a missile coming in. <laughs> SS slow oh smoker God. would just be SSSS, by the way. <laughs> I think that this might be the most. This, go ahead. I still want to go back to mm-hmm. look at just look at technology. If, if we're to think. Ooh, I got into this. I'll say it right now. What am I having? Burnside. Bourbon that I picked up. There you the go. Store got some fun whiskeys and a bourbon, and it's treating me nice. 
The nice. Okay. Like we're gonna go onto a spaceship and it's still like steering wheels and buttons and shit. Right now, think about what's the, just the advancements that have been made just with us, with humans, who are still mm-hmm. wearing fucking horns and storming Capitol buildings mm-hmm. like fucking idiots. In the last 150 years, we have still also come a very, very, very long way mm-hmm. with, you know, think of just flat, go back 150 years and explain everything we have right now. That's just a hundred, that's just 150 years. Yeah. Now let's say, and I'm not <clears throat> hopeful about this statement, we make it another 150 more. Just in another mm-hmm. 150, like, Look at like how biology and, and technology are being integrated now. There's, you know, I, I saw a story about a guy that was able to control his arm movements with his mind, like paralyzed, but control arm movement. Like they, they figured it out. Like they're slowly conquering paralysis mm-hmm. by hacking into the human mind and whatever science they're doing in there, <clears throat> you're able to think your arm to move if it's previously paralyzed. Uh-huh. <clears throat> now, if you can think your arm to move, or if they are just on the very, just the cusp of figuring out how to just thinking to make movement with paralysis and people like that, when's the connection going to be like, oh, I want my computer to turn on, and I'm just going to think about it to turn on? Now, if that's the case, when's, well, when's the I'm going to think about when I want my spaceship to fly? I, then when is the suit? When is the it, spaceship part of you? When it when it, like it's all just going to batteries not included is really where I'm. Isn't that what Elon's mm. working on? That Neuralink thing? Are you getting planted the chip implanted in your brain, and you can just think about certain functions and they'll happen? I don't know, but I'm going to guess probably because every bonkers yeah. idea he's had, he's throwing money at it and it's kind of come around. So say mm-hmm. what you want about the dude, but he's, he keeps getting behind more and more crazy shit. Mm-hmm. Dude. Dude. One of the craziest parts of the movie. <clears throat> I don't know if you caught this. Again, some of the most interesting things they gloss right over. But they talked about how the CIA has been staging alien abductions. Fake alien abductions staged by the CIA. They had this guy, Richard Doty. I think we've talked about him before. Um, he, he did a lot of that. He worked with the CIA, either for them or with them. But he stated that, yes, the CIA has staged fake abductions. And what I mean... And he says, for the purpose of laying the psychological foundation of interplanetary conflict, he said there's a special <clears throat> unit out of Fort, Fort Belvoir in Virginia mm-hmm. that would conduct these fake abductions, and they, they, they replicated some of the technology to where they could, I guess, basically, they had a fake UFO, and then they had this technology to where it could actually beam people up. The old beam me up, Scotty, or whatever, you know, just got sucked up into a UFO, all those stories. He said they were able to replicate that technology. 
And then this part, he said that um, that special unit out of Fort Belvoir in Virginia, that they would conduct these fake abductions and they would sometimes bring in people, human beings with physical deformities to pose as the aliens. Why did I miss this part? Again, they they just they throw it out there and then don't follow up on it. But he said that not only is the CIA staging abducting people, but he says that they're using actors, people with physical deformities that they can pass off as aliens that are a part of this. The the thing that I keep hearing come up where like, how are you going to get this many people involved and still keep it a secret? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's the military. You know, they. that's why they have, uh, you know, the different um, what is it, security. What do you call it? Security? Security uh, clearances. Fuck. Clearances. All right. Clearances. Okay. Military security clearances. Not like, hey, you got a, you got a pretty, not the casting agency. It's like, yeah, we hired a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> To pretend hey, to be aliens. Noses. Come here. And we paid them 30 bucks and a rack of Schlitz <laughs> to, keep, to keep it all hush-hush. Yeah, I don't know, I thought, I don't know I, how that works. As far as UFO documentaries, I thought it brought up way more interesting points than a lot of them. Way more... Mm-hmm sincere points when they, I was more interested when they went in the idea of like, it's about like consciousness is the route of travel. It's not Mm -hmm. time. It's not, you know, it's not physical. It's the dimension of consciousness, which Mm -hmm. as I say that I could not tell you fuck all what it means, but the way they're presenting it and framed in there, I kind of understand the idea. Mm-hmm. So that was where I got more excited about it, that they were addressing that fact. The thing I've been addressing the whole time, like why can't, why aren't aliens just, you know, travelers of thought, you know, mm-hmm. conceptual, conceptual passengers. Cause otherwise like, Oh yeah, we have to travel a thousand times the speed of light or whatever, some sort of physical possibility that we, we can't comprehend. That is maybe that is when you're traveling at the speed of thought. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I'm getting into this cup right now. One last little point about the documentary I want to make. Uh, I don't know if you saw this part. Apparently in 1989, there was this global committee, which included uh, President H.W. Bush, Mikhail Gorbachev, the Crown Prince of Liechtenstein, and then the UN Secretary General, this guy Perez de Cuellar. Thank God we got Liechtenstein uh, in there. Yeah, yeah. You had a new world order, and we got Liechtenstein coming in. These guys uh, were all part of this committee that attempted to bring forth disclosure back in 89, but before they could go public with it, this UN Secretary General de Cuellar, uh, Perez de Cuellar, he was abducted in New York City by aliens, and he was told by these aliens that if he didn't cease the disclosure efforts, every world leader, including President Bush, would be abducted. Yeah, that, that's such a now, that's the most obvious. 
uh, CIA shakedown. Mm-hmm. They hired yeah. they hired and two and Teflon Don's <laughs> goons. Uh, wear a rubber mask and scare this guy into not saying nothing. <laughs> but yeah, even Greer when he's telling that story, he was using quotes under abducted and aliens. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I would like some more info on how that went down. I wonder if did they use that. That alien technology, did he get sucked up into a fake alien uh, spaceship? I don't know. I want more info on Liechtenstein being a part of the New World Order. Yeah. Who is it? Uh, my my neighbor, my old neighbor. I don't even know how to spell Liechtenstein. My old neighbor, did she get citizenship? Uh, I think she got citizenship in Liechtenstein because like all the shit going down and Liechtenstein's like please we'd love for you to come here we got nothing mm-hmm. going on and she got a passport and yeah she got citizenship and Licht- I think that's where we got to start focusing on is Liechtenstein because it's t- it's yeah. it's the size of it looks like it's the size of fucking Lombard whoa was, who's that <laughs> That's over is that Mothman coming that's in? next to Germany? It is. What? It is. Uh, <laughs> it's, about, it's about as big as uh, Lombard. It ain't that big. <laughs> yeah, it's between Switzerland and what well, I'm looking at a map here. <clears throat> that's Switzerland, Italy, Austria, and Germany. It is basically the size of a city. They would love, like, my, like I said, my neighbor got... <clears throat> It's twenty. It's twenty five kilometers long. Jeez. A cultural and financial center. Ooh, yeah. What's what do they have going on? What's Liechtenstein? Like they're part. They're part of a world order that's going to tell. That might just be aliens. That might. That might be we've given aliens Liechtenstein. Mm hmm. Please come here. And you come because you got to be open minded. Like, oh, I'm not really happy with the way my country is, and then you get to Liechtenstein, like, listen, you know, this is what's going on. We're extraterrestrials. Now we're just terrestrials. <laughs> we're not extra anymore. We're just regular folks. <laughs> we go skiing. We love this concept of skiing. We're close to the Alps. It's beautiful here. Dave, aliens land. <clears throat> you need to present them with one dish. What do you give them? As a peace offering. Oh man, that is tough, dude. Um, one dish. We don't know if they even eat food. <clears throat> man, I'd probably have to give them a good uh, chicken and sausage gumbo. You're giving them meat, huh? Yeah, wild concept, dude. You, you think that 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 a faux pas? That <clears throat> they take offense to that? Aliens get here; they look more like kangaroos than they do people do you still give them the same dish <laughs> yeah because that's all i know this is all i got pal you know you come over to my house you're gonna get what we have look we've we've i didn't get any. we've boiled we've I've, I've i've simmered into a delicious roux your heritage that's the risk you're gonna take <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe I could do a nice vegetable soup, you know. I do think well, I do think you know, and, and, vegetables and synthetic protein will be the will be the future. 
You do think so? You know, like not like in a ten years or a hundred years, mm-hmm. but in a in a long game in a long game future. If if it exists, I think you, that I think that'll be it. Are you saying will we no longer have access to animals, or will we, we will evolve? I, ju- I just don't think evolve that, past the point of eating them. Well, I mean, think about how it was always looked like horses. Horses are looked at as a food source to some people, and and in mm-hmm. America, you're like, oh, I would never, but you eat a cow. Well, what the mm-hmm. fuck? They're just cousins in the field out there. Yeah. So why, if if somebody's already going to be like, oh, n- never in a million years that thing, but this one over here, scrumptious. Yeah. What if that way of thinking then goes from that to like, oh, not those things, but maybe just chickens. And then not chickens, but maybe just eggs. And then maybe, you know, and I'm not trying like, I'm not trying mm-hmm. to any kind of righteous vegan. I, like, I'm not <clears throat> vegan and I still eat. Still eat the fish, so, but I, I think that like I think it'll move away from that because right now like part of it's environmental. I do think that's going to be a big push. That if people start taking global warming seriously, they're going to look at how much the cow farts and everything are a problem. Mm-hmm. Because like we were talking about before, you never no you don't if you've never driven by a true like ranch like. Mm commercial ranch not like oh look there's nine cows in a wide field that are living a happy life i mean like just jam next to each other on a muddy hill and it smells like shit for 30 miles yeah so i think environmentally it might change it might be priced out it might become like uh more of a luxury than it is easy to consume because that's what I don't think people realize. Just, just look, just look at a line at a McDonald's at lunchtime, mm-hmm. and just how you're not thinking that that's just beef. Like how that's like that's that's got to come from somewhere. People don't realize. I hate to go like, oh, flyover mm-hmm. states. Yeah, what are you flying over? Your, your, the reason you get to stay alive, food. Let's not shit on flyover states so much. Mm-hmm. They're they're making sure you stay alive. That's why they look like that. <laughs> anyway, boy, there's my two cents. Where's my deep fried two cents, buddy? <laughs> Close encounters of the fifth kind. Contact has begun. It's on Amazon Prime for free. Uh, highly recommended. Close encounters of the sixth of side, lo- six six kind, big old barbecue, big old cookout for everybody. <laughs> <clears throat> A lot of crazy info, man. And like with any of this stuff, who's who's to say what's real and what's fiction? But uh, man, if nothing else, it uh, it's interesting. It makes you think. <clears throat> Figured it out, Liechtenstein. <clears throat> that's where the aliens live. Aliens live there, and you, uh, and you let's here's there's a there's a, I'll put that one out there. <clears throat> you got that's where they're controlling the world banks, all the money that people want to hide. Uh huh. And that's the aliens being like, you, oh, we're aliens. What do you want to do? Oh, you want to do some nefarious shit? Well, we'll stash your money for you. We're aliens. Nobody will find mm-hmm. it if we'll hide it in space. It's not a thing that looks like a yeah. Meteorite. I don't understand any of that. 
that all that confused me. I know it's hard to to believe that I'm not an expert on international commerce and uh, finance, but but uh, that's why they won't disclose it. That's why it's like Scientology. Like, oh, we're going to tell the world about aliens, but cool, then you have no money anymore. The billionaires of the world have entrusted extraterrestrials with their finances, and now it's an extortionary measure for the the extraterrestrials to be like, this is how we want your planet to operate, and you'll do as we say, like Scientology. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Tom Cruise, for all your money. Oh, you don't want to make Mission Impossible 17? Everybody, Tommy Cruise is gay. So that's what's going on. (laughs) Liechtenstein, that's the headquarters. There, cool. I answered it. I figured out DB Cooper and I figured out aliens. What else do you want? What else do you want from the boogie monster? We don't deserve you. How many more answers do you want? (laughs) Getting slept on over here. Offering answers to these conspiracy (laughs) theories and they're sleeping on they're sleeping on our boys, Dave. Us being the boys. Hey, in sad news, the NRA filed for bankruptcy. Uh, it's a, it's a move. It's a protective move. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I don't think they're broke. I think they're just trying to be able to, I, I was reading about it. They're just trying to be able to relocate somewhere and they're trying to protect their assets. <clears throat> um, but uh, hey, a defensive, quick, a defensive move no, nonetheless from the NRA is a, yeah. is a funny thing. <clears throat> Why don't you just Any, show uh, them your guns and say you got to get them from my hand, dead hands or I'll file paperwork. <laughs> You uh, any speculation on Wednesday? Any, any you think any any violence going to go down? Man, I I checked out of that. <clears throat> I'm hearing about mm-hmm. like who had a role in letting them get in the first place. Mm-hmm. So I just I just don't know how there's still people out there thinking it's. Either you don't believe this, either you believe this election was stolen in spite of, in spite of fucking Trump's own judges being like, nah, man, this is legit. So again, the not like believing that all these people, all these judges, they were on his side are still part Mm -hmm. of some giant conspiracy. Even his own yeah. people, mm-hmm. or the facts of the facts, much like we all had to deal with four years ago when he won. We're like, there's no fucking way, and we had to deal with the fact that, in spite of the majority, in spite of the popular vote, electoral college got this fucking loser in for four years. Mm-hmm. And so they had four years of just. Their idiocy, idiocy being reinforced by the president of the United States. Fucking morons got to think they were correct. And like that gaslit. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah. He doesn't give a shit about you no, idiots. No, no, not at all. Fucking gold gold toilet. Gold toilet there thinks that you shit bags are a priority. Uh but then now now that like <clears throat> You know, how do you tell a toddler that they're not in charge anymore? Mm-hmm. Anybody, oh, anybody, anybody with intelligence in this whole movement knows that they're like, okay, we can manipulate this group of people. 
Mm-hmm. They're not like these are allies. These are like, oh, these are the... <clears throat> These are the, the most featherweight pawns that we can push around in any way we need to. And they won't notice that because they're not looking at things analytically. They're looking at things emotionally. And if I, I, I do that too. We both do that. Everybody does that. You get caught up in a thing and you get riled. But... Ironically, that's their stance, though. Back when I, years ago, back when I used to listen to uh, right-wing radio, uh, that was one of the biggest principles is uh, conservatives think with logic and liberals think with emotion. Yeah, both, both, They're all just Both sides emotion. use the same argument. You know, mm-hmm. both, both sides think, because they both think they're right. They both think they're both based in facts. Until the facts don't agree with where they stand. And when the facts don't agree, mm-hmm. I think more often than not, the left is like, well, this is how it went. And it sucks. And now we have to strategize. Whereas it's not, I don't even want to say the right, but this group of people, instead of like, oh, there's no facts. It's fake news. And it's a conspiracy. There's no facts anymore. There's no facts. Mm-hmm. There's no facts that they will accept that go against their beliefs. If a, if you if there are facts that go against what they want, it's a conspiracy. And what a weird safeguard. What you know? That's just it's an impenetrable armor. So if you had cops and stuff letting people in, who knows, man? They're supposed to be like, oh, we're gonna protest. We're gonna go to every state capital. We're gonna do all this shit. Here's that civil war action. Like I was saying before, man, I don't want to get down in the dumps, but man, that's start looking at uh, a lot of domestic terrorism. Again, one, oh, yeah. one person's terrorist is another person's freedom fighter. Somebody, that woman who got shot trying to jump over the tables and chairs, maybe she truly thought that there was this, you know, these hidden pedophiles. The Epstein thing, that's clear. Yeah, oh, this guy was a, Guy who supplied underage women to everybody. Not everybody, but you know, all these people. So that is shit. That's a good example of fuck, man. You do have proof of that. And they will look at, man, Bill Clinton was there. But yes, Trump was pals with the guy. We'll we'll ignore that part. Yeah. But like I've said before, then why, why haven't you been protesting churches for the last 25 years? When these scandals broke out. That's global. You want global? The Catholic Church. Catholicism. That came tromping around the whole world. To believe that. Give us your gold. And believe in this God. Or we'll kill and rape your people. Actually we're going to do that anyway. But also. Give us your gold and believe in this God. Good riddance. Good riddance. I think we're only seeing a fraction of what might be coming up. Yeah. Depending on, again, like, I, I just pure theorizing, not like I got knowledge. Everybody knows that. I don't have to keep oh, precursoring everything. I always found it ironic, too. I always found it ironic that most white supremacists are the most genetically deficient idiots I've ever met. Like, 
I wouldn't condone it, but I would kind of understand it if the white supremacy movement was spearheaded by like Harvard educated blue blood aristocrats. Like, look, everybody in my family is college educated and wealthy. Therefore, you know, the white the white race is a part of the re- like I, I again wouldn't make it right. But you would be it's like, OK, I understand why they think that way. <clears throat> They're all rich and educated and they think that, uh, you know, right. White rich people are is the way to go so, and the way to be. So wait a minute. But, but these fucking idiots are some of the dumbest, dirtiest, uneducated, mouth breathing fucking idiots I've ever met. But what? White power. Well, but yeah, like but, the, but look at like, oh, are you saying like rich people convincing people, convincing poor people that they're soldiers for honor? That's just the military. Mm-hmm. Military doesn't what, care what color you are as long as you're willing to die for what rich people want them to do. It's not... For freedom. Like white, yeah, white, Protecting our freedom. Uh, yeah, well, the white power movement is just a... That's uh, that's like Bush leagues for the military. Mm-hmm. Quick, get in here. We're going to indoctrinate you to think this only way. What are you doing? Serving country or serving uh, your white heritage. No, you're serving somebody's rich who needs you to do... Who needs pawns. Who needs somebody who can be... Defended ma- freedom. Manipu- manipulated. I don't, I'm getting into like, oh boy, don't I know so much territory, which I don't. So I, I can hear it in my own voice where I'm like, all right, calm down, Kyle. <laughs> Talking out your ass like anybody else. <laughs> what, what's the most, uh, what's the most non, uh, what's the most, uh, as we talk on this uh, Martin Luther King Day? About the fucking white power trollops out there. Got a recipe to, you going to ring us out with recipe, Dave? I don't have a recipe today. Nah. Just good vibes? Just a big bowl of good vibes? Good vibes. Big bowl of good vibes, man. A side of rad? A side of rad with a big bowl of good vibes, man. That's what I'll I'll tell you. Hey, I was was wondering about this today. Did you ever finish um, Dracula? Is there a video of you reading the last line of that book? My manager was like, I can tell you don't like doing this shit anymore, and he sent me the Cliff's Notes. So I I think I polished off the last... Five or six chapters just reading the Cliff's Notes, and it was great. Man, that book was a fucking drag. <laughs> oh man, I just it was because it wasn't written. It was written in journal. It was written in journal form, mm-hmm. and so everybody, everybody's journal. Like a couple people, when they were written from that character, was interesting. This is informative. It moves the story along, and then you like the not to say it was like the because it was the woman, but like the 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 written a man writing the woman's versions of events was mm-hmm. insufferable and then uh the who's the the main guy they made a movie about the the, the guy who hunts all the different monsters von helsing hmm? his oh, shit is okay. all trouncy and gallopy when he's talking and it's it was just, it was a hard read man yeah not a hard read just not not fun for what we know of Dracula. Like to go to a classic mm-hmm. after you've already been conditioned to be like, and then Dracula throws grenades and the vampire hunters have bazookas. Like, you know, that's what we. 
I want to read. Oh, I want to find. I, I got to find the books, the the literary version of uh, Fast and Furious. Maybe I'll do that next. <laughs> <laughs> Anything to plug? No. What do you got going on? Nobody, how's uh, how's you and Shane's thing doing? We're, we're, we're working. Thing, right? Where can we find that? We're working on it, man. <clears throat> that's still. Oh, that, it's not released yet. No, no, that's just a project in the works. Oh, okay. Gotcha. What about you? What's a, what's a going on with Stoneberg? You guys still? <clears throat> Yeah, every uh, every Wednesday. Happy and jammers. Happy jammers. Uh, yeah, man. We're just it's just a real uh, real goofball fest over here. Katie's uh, world class goofball. Yeah, and that's why I love her. So it's uh, just two real goofy uh, people who love each other. That's see just trying to solve other people's problems, buddy. Be thankful that you are uh, that we're locked down with someone like that. So hopefully, everybody out there, you got uh, that special somebody. If not. You got me and Dave, or you got the Stonebergs to rely on. That's right. These trying uh, times, I'm right? on Cameo. I saw that. Uh, we got a couple more. I saw that. A couple more days. I saw you doing you, that. I've already done a. I've, I've done several cameos. I've done a couple that were geared towards uh, Trump relatives, rel- people's relatives uh, really? who are thinking of Trump. So we've got a couple days left if you want me to. Uh, to cuss at your uh, Trump loving uncle, just uh, look me up on Cameo. Be do they know? You need. Do they know who sent the <clears throat> Cameo when the person gets it? I, I don't know how that yeah. works. To be quite honest, with you. <laughs> I'm assuming they do. I, like I would, I thought it'd be weird if somebody just got an email and it's just you. Like, what's up, you fucking dork? Listen, listen here, and be like, what? Who is this? Who is this? Who is this guy? Why is he mad? That's at me? funny. Yeah, they don't even know it's from a family member. Yeah, <laughs> you're just sending out real specific oh, emails to strangers. <laughs> but yeah, man, whatever you need. I'm just going down names of people you. who sound racist and putting at gmail dot com <laughs> afterwards and sending them very pointed messages. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Good times, buddy. You got uh, you got family zoom coming up. Family zoom about to rock. Oh shit! It's five. Last I looked yeah. at my watch, it yeah, was like four thirty. All right, yeah, I guess I got a jam on that. Tell Pat and Deb I said hello. I will. And Tegan. we know old, we know old Deb got a little thing for Dave. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cover that. We'll cover that. Oh boy. Time. All right, yeah. I forgot. I didn't realize it's five right. already. Good catching up, buddy. We'll holler at you next week. Real good, man. Glad to come in. Uh, glad to come in on some positivity here. Yeah, man. All right, buddy. All right, you be good. The Boogie Monster.
Network.